Hello and welcome to the Bosby Lane Podcast. It's your boy Ugo. And today we are finally having some football to watch. It's, it's amazing. It's just um, remarkable to just watch football today. Um, I woke up feeling like a kid in the candy store, like it was Christmas, like it was, you know, whatever celebration that you guys are into. I was really excited. I, I must say I was very, very excited waking up this morning to watch the Bundesliga. Um, a bit strange watching games without fans and things like that, but at this point, I don't even care about that at all. It was nice to watch uh, the game. I watched the game between Schalke and Dortmund. That was the game I, um, you know, was able to catch up with. It was pretty, pretty much exciting game as well. Four goals, um, some exciting football, and Erling Haaland, man, Erling Haaland. Watching him, you know, always reminds me that, you know, he's the one that got away, isn't he? Um, yeah, Manchester United missed out on that guy. And, uh, you know, what is his ceiling? What is Haaland's ceiling? Uh, this guy was, was amazing. Scored one goal, provided an assist. Um, Turn Hazard, I think, scored a goal. Uh, Brandt was amazing. At some point, I was asking my friends, did the Schalke guys train at all during the lockdown i don't know but anyways it was um exciting to have football back it was um great to also see the way the bundesliga has brought it back it does seem that there are a lot of um guidelines in place around social distancing around how players communicate with one another there's very very limited um uh, uh physical touch even things like celebration besides kind of the actual football play football is a touch sport it's a physical game you know you have there is a contact sport so people will always come together um, however, they're doing their best, even on the bench. We could see the physical distancing right on the bench, right on how, you know, everything was set up. Uh, I think if you got sub substituted, you were given a mask as well. Um, so they're taking some guidelines, and I guess um, most other uh, uh, leagues can take their cue from that and learn uh, about how to bring football back in these other countries. We're hearing that the Premier League is still deliberating on this. Um, it's looking likely that it's going to happen sometime probably in June, uh, July, or, or even who knows, right? And it's exciting that football is going to come back in some way. Um, I've really missed it. I know all of you have missed it. Uh, the global pandemic is a serious one, and obviously we want things to be done in a safe manner. Um, but yeah, if you know, if it means if if we're at that point where it can start happening in Germany and uh, is showing us the way it can be done, and you know, then then let's see how it happens. I mean, I am still skeptical to be honest because. You know, what happens if one person, you know, gets infected? You know, what kind of protocols would, would happen then? So, you know, those sort of things would be kind of determine how how this all plays out. So, you know, fingers crossed. Let's see how, how things go. Um, one of the reasons why I was really excited about watching the Dortmund game as well, in addition to just watching wanting to watch football, regardless of what it was, was just to see if we could get a glimpse of Jaden Sancho all through the lockdown and through the you know the, the break it's been about Jaden Sancho to Manchester United um, unfortunately he had a calf injury so he wasn't um, he couldn't start he did come in um, at some point in the game not much impact but obviously did it you know you know obviously recovering from injury so not not much to expect from him but overall it was a good game to watch um, there are other games coming up 
so it'd be nice to to get a glimpse of those tomorrow and in the coming days so yeah you know you know rejoice enjoy the bundesliga i mean if you're not someone who used to watch the bundesliga it would be a great opportunity for you to get a glimpse into what the football looks like it's always beautiful they have the, the quality of football is great as always a lot of emphasis on precision and you know they play very very good quality of football so it's it's great to uh to watch um the, the next thing i wanted to talk about you know was really kind of looking into um the transfer speculation and rumors and looking at the areas where we're, i'm not going to be talking too deeply about the players that were linked with and things like that but mainly around the positions and you know trying to figure out if it does make sense to make certain investments um also what is a realistic expectation from this market you know let's not forget that we are in the midst of a global crisis um most countries are going to experience some sort of recession probably a global recession on the horizon probably even a depression if things continue to get worse so it's going to be very irresponsible for clubs to spend way too much money during this period so i don't expect that there's going to be a lot of splodging um probably the market is going to be deflated um you know i don't expect too much movement and if you're going to be financially responsible you don't want to be splashing the cash this period so what is practical and how can we navigate this as fans what do we want what can we expect and what makes sense and i'll try to make sense of this with you guys um so starting with you know the three main positions i've been hearing about i mean let's say four and and i think i i, I want to ignore the fourth one because i think it's very clear that we haven't signed a right winger in you know forever i mean since valencia we haven't signed an out or out uh, an out and out right winger so i think in that sense you could you can understand that this is a clear-cut decision we need a right winger we need a specialist on that right side of midfield and Jaden sancho is perfect for that and if there are other alternatives in that light that's great but i want to talk about three other positions that we've been um hearing about players being linked to um so the first one is the center back position and this one puzzles me a little bit but I'll, I'll get back to that. So the centre-back, centre-defensive, midfield, and striking positions are the three positions where we've been linked to players who play in those positions. And I wanted to understand exactly, you know, what's realistic to expect from here. And if what, what do we need from these positions and whether we should go ahead or not. So starting with, with centre-back, this one puzzles me because if we look at our current centre-back options um, in the first team... We have Harry Maguire, Victor Lindelof, um, Eric Bailly, um, Axel Twanzebe, and we also have um, Phil Jones, Smalling, who's still part of the team, and, and Rojo. I mean, these guys haven't really left. But let's say um, that Rojo, Phil Jones, and Smalling are no longer options. That means we're left with four centre-back options uh, currently. In my opinion, I think our starting two should be um, Harry and Victor. Um, I understand that Victor doesn't have certain physical qualities that uh, people might, um, you know, 
prefer and things like that. But what, what Victor gives you is calmness on the ball, very good on the ball, really great at starting up attacks, great at positional defending and understanding how to snuff off play. Um, he's a very, very, very cultured um, centre-back in that respect. And I, I have a lot of respect for him. And when you look at his numbers, his numbers are great. So I wouldn't think... And I think Ole really likes Victor as well. So I, I don't see a situation where Victor is going to be, you know, you know, sold or anything like that. Um, Axel Twanzebi has had a very tough season, so he's not been able to play a lot. So I can see, you know, if there are questions about his fitness, that is a fair question. However, in terms of his capability, Axel Twanzebi is right up there, is a, is a very decent centre-back, and we, we can't let go of him at this point. Um, the other center back is Eric Bailly, who is an amazing center back, uh, has all the physical attributes, can be rash, but I think he can be cultured over time. Uh, you know, wonderful options. These four options are wonderful options to have. Uh, we also have Ted and Mengi and um, um, a few others coming in from the academy as well. So from that perspective, I feel as though... It is a bit strange that we're being linked to a lot of centre-backs. We've been linked to, you know, Koulibaly, Opemankano, um, uh, a number of others, um, other centre-backs that we've, we've been linked to, especially the, 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 the Leipzig boys uh, at the back. And it's a bit strange. I don't think we need that. I don't think it's a priority for us. Um, so this one for me, I would say, is one that I'm, not, I'm a bit sceptical about. I don't understand why we're being linked to numerous centre-backs because I think in those positions I think we're fine um we may need um, a backup but but then again we need a path for the young young guns coming up uh from um from the academy and you know between Phil Jones Rojo and and and, and Smalling we may be able to keep one of those or not. We don't even need them. So having four choices is great. But even if we're going to add one more centre-back, probably would be um, a bench player rather than a starting centre-back. Uh, because I don't see how Victor, you know, is going to play on the bench, from the bench. It, you know, we're, we're building something here. And I, I think people have to realise this. And as we go through these different positions, we're building. And everybody wants us to buy all these great players what is the consequence of buying these great players um, when you have a team that is growing, that is gelling together? You know, what is the point of rebuilding then when if you, if you, if you have to start all over again, bringing in players who are going to disrupt what you've already accomplished? Um, Harry Maguire and, and Victor are, are beginning to form a partnership, a decent partnership that we saw towards the end of... Um, you know the the, part, the 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 weeks leading up to the to the to the suspension of the league. You know Manchester United was keeping a lot of clean sheets, unprecedented amount of clean sheets, winning games, playing very very at a very elite level defensively speaking. And in my opinion, I think um, I don't think the centre back position is one that we should be too fast about. I think we should take our time um, and focus on other areas first before making that sort of uh, investment in, in, that, in that part of the pitch. Um, the other area that, that's coming up is defensive midfield. I think this has some merit to it. 
Um, Fred has come into his own this season. Matic has been playing much better. Um, Scott McTominay still is a hybrid between six and eight. I, I, I feel like he can play that role as well. But um, if you think about Matic and his retiring, his retirement, probably, you know, probably sooner than later, you know, that there, there is, um, you know, some room for some development players coming in, uh, which is what, but again, you know, I know we've been linked to Jude Bellingham. We've, you know, we have Ghana coming up from, you know, from the um, under 23s and, you know, he's been, you know, played a bit part in, in the season as well. And I feel, Again, another position where, yes, I can understand why we want more specialist defensive midfielders, but at the same time, we do have quite a number of options in that in that part of the pitch. So it might not be um, a, a priority position for us to fill this season. But then again, if Pogba is going to be leaving, then you want to replace uh, Pogba with probably a more defensive-minded midfielder. Um, in Saul Niguez, I think we've been linked to him. Uh, we've been linked to Milinkovic Savage. Now, so I think everything kind of depends on Pogba in this in this in this regard. So if Pogba is leaving, I think definitely we want to go in for a more defensive-minded midfielder, probably the likes of Saul, uh, probably um, Ndidi, uh, another another player that you know people like. Um, so I think for the defensive midfield, we'll, we'll wait and see on this one. And uh, I think Paul Pogba's uh, decision and, you know, the whole situation around him will kind of define how we move forward in that regard. Now, finally, the other position that we have been, you know, continuously linked to are strikers. Now, if we think about it from the perspective of losing um, Lukaku last year, um it does make some sense you could see why uh we need a striker uh but the type of striker is where i kind of have uh i think that there, there needs to be a conversation about now do you go out and get a team of Werner who is a starting striker on any team any team in the world team of Werner will be a starting striker so what does that mean for anthony martial um does it mean that Anthony Martial becomes a rotational player. Um, would Mason Greenwood get enough opportunity up front if if Martial becomes a rotational player? Um, so there, there, there are questions to be answered around the type of striker we bring in. Um, I know Igalo's uh, loan move is going to expire soon. Um, so we need a striker. I know we need a striker for sure. Um, but what type of striker you know, remains to be seen. So a few options. We can bring in a Dembele who is going to battle with Martial for that center forward role. Is he going to be happy playing in the rotational bit at Manchester United? Who knows? Um, Timo Werner definitely starts. So, you know, what happens with Martial? Are you letting go of Martial if you're bringing in Timo Werner? Questions to be answered. And the other, the other route is to bring in a player like Igalo or someone in that cater. And I think with Igalo, the good thing you get with Igalo, obviously we've seen he is Premier League proven. He has shown that he can handle uh, the pressure of playing for a club like Manchester United in, in the way he started. Um, scored a few goals already. Um, and I, I would say with Igalo, 
and the type of striker he is, and the fact that he he's happy to play as a rotational player, um, I think he he's probably the best option for us right now. Uh, in a market like this, where you you should be very very worried about how much you're spending, you don't want to go out and make some crazy decisions because you don't know what the the financial repercussions could look like. I'd say twenty million plus for a Gallo. You know, knowing what we know about him, he probably has two to three years that he can give us um, at this level, coming in as a rotational player, coming in with some experience, helping to push the likes of Martial on, uh, bringing his character and his enthusiasm and his love for Manchester United, that passion, all that stuff, you know, and happy to do that to play that role, it's it's really key for the harmony of the team, for the, the cultural makeup of the team, uh, to make sure that you know we can really continue to, to forge on and build and, and actually build on the foundations that we've already set. So, in my opinion, I would say, um, you know, go with Odioni Gallo. Uh, I know I understand why it makes sense to think about Timo Werner and the rest, but I do worry that that would you know impact you know. The, the players we have currently because for, because I think Anthony Martial is is our number nine. He is our number nine. He wears our number nine shirt. There is no argument at all that Anthony Martial is a high caliber player. By the way, uh, throughout the lockdown, I've been watching uh, a couple of videos on YouTube that, that, that you know that you know the Bruno Fernandes season so far, the Martial season so far, Mason Greenwood goal so far, and things like that. And I'll say something, right? Now, Anthony Martial, when I watched his goals, just remarkable. You need to go go on YouTube, go to the Manchester United uh, YouTube page, uh, find the the these these uh, video clips. I think they're about three to four minutes long. And it just kind of compiles all the goals that these guys are scoring. And I want you guys to pay very close attention to the goals that Mason Greenwood scores. Look. <laughs> and this is why I'm not even entertaining the idea of bringing in big name strikers and things like that, because this kid is something else. He is just, I don't know. I, I have no way to explain it. Go and look at all the goals he has scored this season, and it will shock you to see every single one of them are purposely crafted goals put in in the in the in the corners where the goalkeepers have zero chance of touching the ball, he is the best finisher we've seen in a very very long time at Manchester United. So I I am not too worried about our striking options. I think people are, you know, bored now. And when once football comes back, I think we probably wouldn't have too much time thinking about the Timo Werners and the Dembele's and we do have some really good strike striking options up front um you know my preference really for a starting three is Martial Greenwood and and Marcus to be honest with you I mean I, I that is what I want to see um they're, they're, they're players that have grown through our academy or have grown through our system Martial is getting up to five years now with Manchester United I want that to continue so in my my opinion anyways i think we should build on that and you bring in the likes of igalo and you know the likes of james and chong and these are the guys as the rotational players you continue to develop them you continue to grow we have some players coming through the academy we have to transition to become a fully academy um um led youth youth led club 
youth mentality first, develop our own players. We can do it. We've done it before. We can continue to do it. And then we can just argument in certain areas where we might be lacking, like bringing in Bruno Fernandes and the likes of, you know, of that, you know, without actually splashing way too much cash. Now, the financial crisis that is going to hit means that we have to be very frugal. We have to make the right decisions. I don't think we need major investments in the team right now because we can grow and you know the, the, we get players from the youth academy and, and actually help them grow. We have so many, so much really great young talent coming through, and we need to give them a pat. So going to splash the cash on multiple players and blah 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 is not how I'm thinking about it. I think we should be very frugal. We should think about the future. We should think about um, the club. Um, and its ability to 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 handle and ride these financial crises, Manchester United has done great so far in that regard, and we should continue. So fan pressure around getting Harry Kane or whoever it is, you know, let's let's calm down a bit and enjoy what we have. We have some really 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 good strikers and really good players. Can't wait for the season uh, to get going again. Uh, if it does come back, it's gonna be exciting. I'm gonna have more content coming for you. Thank you again for listening to the Busby Lane podcast. It's your boy, Ugo. Have a good one. Cheers.